local hockey teams had some pretty successful games this past weekend. We're going to start off uh, talking with our head coach of the Detroit Lakes 10, Cody Einerson, joins us this morning. Good morning, Cody. Morning, Joel. Morning, Zeke. How you doing? You, uh, did you get a good night's sleep last night? I did. You know, I slept really well. It was nice <laughs> to get home, catch the end of the Super Bowl there. and uh, It's always easier to sleep when you come home with that victory. Well, let's talk about this uh, victory. And uh, these boys have uh, done something that we think might be a first in Detroit Lakes youth hockey history. They have won every invitational tournament that they have been at this year. We started off winning our home tournament back in December. Then traveled up to Grand Forks in January and took the title in this one. And this past weekend up on Derange as uh, up in Greenway. And uh, coming home with uh, the hardware, first place in that tournament. Cody, we'll talk about the, the tournament this weekend. But uh, congratulations. What a great season uh, these boys are having. Uh, it's been a, it's been, a, been a long season for everybody. We've endured some injuries. But I tell you what, uh, these kids certainly have shown their resilience uh, throughout this upcoming, uh, throughout this hockey season. Yeah, I mean, you just said it perfectly, Joel. I mean, the whole season as a whole, if you look up to this date, has just been beyond exciting if you were to ask everyone i don't you know if this was how it was going to turn out i think the hopes would have been yes but the reality was maybe <laughs> um, but between the hard work that the kids put forth uh you know every day in practice and like you said we've endured some injuries along the way and had to play with six seven guys and uh you know with charlie just one goalie uh puts a little tough on him he's got to show up every day no days off so i think between the the work ethic from top to bottom has really led us to learning how to win this season and and really pushed us over to uh to win these championships and i'll tell you what it's uh kids are having more fun than ever as well as myself so i can't thank everyone enough all right, let's recap the tournament. So we open things up uh, with a 10 nothing victory over uh, Litchfield, Dasso, Cocado. Cody, in that game, um, you know, you got your top line of uh, Chase Kukowski, Cooper Moore, and Breck Winter. And then the second line, uh, Kelly, Kelly Melgard. Uh, <laughs> Brock Melgard. I cannot believe I just said that. Uh, Brock Melgard, Dayton Ketke, and Tyler Osley. And, uh, you know, you guys are getting goal productions, not just from the top line, but from both lines. And our defensemen are, are putting some pucks in nets as well. Yeah, that's uh, that was that was what was cool about the scoring this weekend is uh, obviously the first lines there, but it was really spread out. Everyone kind of got a lot of points this weekend, and that's what it's going to take. I think I mentioned in the last interview, rather than winning these games four five zero, you get that scoring spread out, and it's eight nine ten zero. And uh, you know Brock was out with some injuries, so tried to play him sparingly. I know Tyler took a skate to the neck; that was a little scary. I gave me a small heart attack but uh i think he went out and scored a goal right afterwards so it worked out but uh no having the having you know only 10 guys and being able to get scoring from both lines as well as our defensemen has really uh really helped us out we're thinking of putting a crash test uh, crash test dummy son in the back of dayton's helmet uh, because he has his <laughs> tendency to wind up in the boards quite a bit <laughs> once, once he gets going fast, there, there's not much stopping him other than the boards or, or another player. It's <laughs> true. So after the 10 nothing win over Litchfield, Dasikokato, round two of the tournament, an 8-1 victory over Greenway. And uh, that set us up in the championship game yesterday against Langdon, North Dakota. And boy, what a wild game this turned out to be. So here's a recap of what happened in that championship game. So uh, they got an early goal and then an early power play goal as we were two men short. They uh, scored in the five on three. That made it two to nothing. 
And at that point, uh, I think the fans uh, for the Lakers were like, wow, the Langdon boys showed up ready to play, and uh, maybe we were just a little bit flat coming into it. Then it was 2-1 as the Lakers got a goal to pull it to within one, and then the Lakers tied it 2-2. Then D.L. goes up 3-2, Langdon comebacks and ties it 3-3. Lakers get a power play goal to take a 4-3 lead, Langdon comebacks and ties it 4-4. Lakers get the go-ahead goal at the end of the second period to make it 5-4. And uh, we held on for the victory last night, uh, 7-4 to four the final. But what a highly entertaining championship game that was yesterday against Langdon, North Dakota. Definitely. They came out They came out ready to play. Um, to say the least, for those of you that were there, you could see it. Uh, I don't really – came out maybe a little flat there in the first. I think our our defense was probably a little subject just to do the last games we had. We didn't play in our D zone a lot. So I think that kind of caught us off guard. They had some quick forwards, but uh, – like you kind of mentioned there, as the game went on, we kind of scratched and clawed our way back. And um, I remember at one point in the third there, I think we had that one goal lead. I kind of just think Cooper and Breck and Chase were going out for a shift. And I just told them, let's finish this year. And what do you know, a goal the next shift. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of fun to see the, you know, some of the hard work come through fruition here. Um, but no, definitely exciting game. Had to clean up the D zone. I think that's the difference there. You saw in the second and third period, uh, I don't think there's probably more than eight, nine shots given up there in between the late second and the whole third. So um, that definitely led this the success. I know that uh, they kind of caught us off guard. I think they had two goals on a couple of shots, but they were they weren't shots on the outside. They were breakaways. So that was one thing we had to get used to, just because we weren't. Uh, the teams we played prior didn't have the speed that Langdon had, and I think at the end of the day we really wore them down. Um, once we get our four check going and start moving the puck as well as to give us a couple power plays, um, we're just going to run with it. And I think that's really at the end. It's a finesse game for us. We only got 10 guys. We can't get into a checking battle or a track meet back and forth. So we need to get the puck in deep, which we did in the third, and then get the four check going. And it uh, it seemed to work itself out, and that's kind of what we've done every game now. And it's just going to be – the big thing is going to be sticking to our game moving forward and not uh, not – playing out of it when we start getting the body on us and stuff like that. We need to keep our finesse game going. Two other things that uh, were kind of neat over the course of the weekend when we arrived uh, at the hotel. Uh, we got up there about the same time as uh, some of the other uh, parents from Detroit Lakes. And the YZ squad had, had pulled in with this big tour bus. And they were all decked out in their gear. And they, uh, Zeke, you'll love this. They can walk in the lobby. And literally, I mean, this is a... We didn't realize at the time, but we told the boys this was their Bantam team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're, they're, these guys are like 6'2". Some big Bantam players. 6'2", 6'3". I mean, just and we're, we're standing there checking in. And Dayton looks at me and goes, he goes, is that their Bantam team? I said, I think it is. He goes, we're going to get crushed. <laughs> and so we didn't tell him right away. We let him let kind of sweat it out a little bit. We eventually told him that that was actually the varsity team that was in town to play Greenway on the varsity uh, game that night. But, yeah, the boys were a little nervous when they saw the size of that YZ squad. Turned out to be the high school team. Second bonus that we had, uh, Coach Cody, is sitting around the hotel, and lo and behold, up in Deer River, Minnesota, who do we run into but none other than Vikings great and Hall of Famer Chuck Foreman. Yeah, that was just, that was just a bonus on the weekend. That was kind of fun to wake up to, and I heard that, um, you know, just going up to Greenway, going up to that area, kind of right on the edge of the Iron Range, was uh, was a lot of fun. A lot of hockey history up there. You know, you go a little further up there to Eveleth and whatnot, uh, where hockey really was really strong. It still is, but very, very strong when it was really starting in Minnesota. And even that rink there in Greenway, you come down to the bottom of the hill, and it's 
you know, it kind of looks like an old barn, but it, you can just tell how much tradition is in there and up in that hockey tradition in that area. And then wake up and there's Chuck Foreman. You just <laughs> nice cap to the weekend along with that uh, championship victory. Yeah, having breakfast uh, with Chuck yesterday morning. He was uh, very gracious, not only with uh, the uh, parents who were, uh, got a chance to sit down and talk to him a little bit about the Super Bowl, also about uh, some uh, Vikings greats. But he took time out of his busy schedule to uh, hang out with the hockey players and uh, got some pictures. Now, I heard, correct me if I'm wrong, so did Cooper like go next door to the gas station and actually find a Chuck Foreman playing card at the gas station? Is that what I was told? This is true, yeah. I, I kind of shook my head and I heard him like, no way. And yeah, apparently Cooper, a couple of the guys walked next door and somehow in Deer River, Minnesota. What are the odds? Chuck Foreman playing card to get signed. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you really think of. But uh, yeah, I got I got a good laugh out of that when I heard that. As, I don't know. So. Some of the ideas and what these kids drum up, you just never know at this age. <laughs> no, nah, they're pretty uh, they're pretty ingenious. And, uh, folks, uh, Chuck was actually uh, doing an autograph session uh, up there on Sunday. That's the reason he was there. But, uh, yeah, the kids got to take their pictures with him and have some stuff signed. And uh, he was uh, very uh, gracious uh, about everything and uh, spent a lot of time with our kids and parents, which was a lot of fun. Before we let you go, Cody, also uh, got to give a hats off to Jim Kennedy's A-Bantam team. They had their tournament here in town this week and they were able to come home with some third-place hardware. They were, yeah. It was fun to hear. I know especially they had a bigger tournament here this week, and I think they had 16 teams here, so to come out with third place was big for them. You know, just uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're all going to be in the same team the next couple of years, but I think for them as well as for us, it's fun to have this uh, good weekend under our belt to get some confidence going into district tournament time here in about two weeks. Um like I said, we're going to give the guys a rest here a little bit this week, but uh, no hats off to that band of team. I know they've worked and worked. Obviously, we practiced a lot together. So it was, uh, you know, it's fun to see both teams come out uh, on top. That's, you know, it's balanced. It's good. And uh, there's going to be some good hockey coming here to Yale, and I, I look forward to watching a lot of it. A couple of big uh, district games for the Ben and B squad this weekend before that district tournament uh, coming up here uh, um, on Valentine's weekend. Cody, as we take a look at the district, this will be a fun tournament. Yeah, this should be a good one. You look at the uh, top six seeds in the tournament, and uh, I think everybody has played one-goal games against each other. Um, so it's not just one, two, and three, like you usually see at two top dogs. It's one through six. So I think every game is going to be a good one. And it's a uh, nice little primer this weekend here. We got Alexandra is number one in, uh, I believe, state and number one in the district. So I actually like that matchup coming in, too, so we know what we're up against for next weekend. Um, there's going to be no coming out flat. Uh, you know, this has got to be one of the best districts if you look at it for uh, Bantam D-level hockey. There's a few good ones, but if you look at those top two, three teams, they're all not a rankings guy. I don't really believe in them fully, but uh, if you look at them, they're all ranked in the top 15 or so. So should be fun, and uh, I think after this weekend, the boys are ready to hit the ice here and kind of just hone their game and get ready for uh, get ready for that tournament next weekend down in Morris. Coach, uh, you got a couple other guys on the bench with you that uh, I'm sure you'd like to uh, give some props to because uh, this entire coaching staff does a lot to help you out. Correct. Yeah, I couldn't do it without all of them. You know, Brian, Chris, and Nick. Uh, you know, Nick joined us a little late, but uh, it, it's been it, it's really awesome to have them kind of to, to lean on a little bit. They know the kids. They knew the kids a little better than I did at the beginning of the season, so that was nice to uh, 
kind of have a little more insight than just coming in cold, as well as uh, kind of having our certain roles and looking at certain plays. And we all bounce ideas off each other, as well as I bounce everything I do off them. And I think, uh, you know, three, four heads are better than one. And um, that's where it's, you know, it's, it's really nice to have that to lean on. You don't always get that. So uh, it's definitely been a real strong point for me, as well as for my coaching staff, and just, you know, dedicated they all are to seeing this team succeed, as well as the kids and the parents. Um, you know, hopping on the road, getting home late, all these, uh, I'll be honest, all the championships, you're not getting home no five, six, seven, eight o'clock on Sunday, and most of us turn around and get ready for work on Monday or school. So uh, it's just been a really fun season thus far, and I, I really look forward to uh, hopefully keeping it going for more than just that district tournament weekend. Hopefully we can pull up a few big victories and move on from there. But right now we got to get to work and get ready for this weekend. Sounds good, Coach. As always, appreciate your time with us here in the Sports Wrap. Uh, we'll talk again soon, hopefully after districts. Thanks, Zeke. Thanks, thanks, Joel. Have yourself a good day, guys. Kobe bends the knees, lets it fly, and hits. There it is. That free throw by Kobe Bryant moves him past Michael Jordan and into third place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Bryant now with 32,293 points in his career. Only Carl Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have scored more in NBA history. And welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on 1340 KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Joined over the phone by an autograph-collecting enthusiast, Luke Widman, who just got back from St. Louis for their version of Twins Fest called Winter Warm-Up. And Luke joins us over the phone from Minneapolis. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Zeke. How are you doing today? Doing well. How was St. Louis? You were were there uh, like a weekend early. The All-Star Game uh, for the Blues are hosting is this weekend, isn't it? Let me tell you, man, everything is coming up St. Louis right now. We've got the Stanley Cup. We've got the All-Star Game. We don't have a football team, but we do because (laughs) the St. Louis Battlehawks are going to start in a few weeks here. I think the first game is the 9th of February. The city has XFL fever, my friend. Uh, Something. XFL's (laughs) fever is something. Hey, Minneapolis doesn't have any XFL teams. You're right. So St. Louis coming up St. Louis. St. Louis playing football, and the, the Vikings no longer doing that. So uh, I've been to your basement a couple times, and you have quite the uh, extensive collection of of hockey pucks and jerseys and baseballs and autograph memorabilia. What got you started collecting uh, professional sports autographs? You know, it's interesting that you say professional sports autographs because what really got me into it, so to start, um, as you mentioned, I was just in St. Louis. I do live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area now, uh, and really grew up in, I split it between the Quad Cities, which is Illinois-Iowa border, and Northwest Iowa. So what's interesting about that is everywhere I actually grew up, there's no professional sports teams. Hmm. What, what we did have, or at least what I had, was two parents that grew up in St. Louis and then moved before I was born. So we had a lot of family lines back to the Blues and the Cardinals, and... We had a minor pro hockey team in the Quad Cities called the Quad City Mallards, which what's interesting, if some of your uh, deeper hockey listeners might recognize that, uh, they were an ECHL affiliate for the Wild. They still might be, to be honest. That that franchise kind of keeps hopping leagues with the same name. But back when I was a kid, they were in the defunct Colonial Hockey League, which became the United Hockey League. And think about these guys as single A, in baseball terms, mm-hmm. 
a a hockey franchise, you maybe got a call up to the AHL for a few games, but for the most part, your career was over at this stage. But this team was everything to the Quad City area. You talk to anybody who kind of grew up there in the mid-90s to kind of the mid-2000s was when they were in their heyday. This team was really good for the level they were playing at, and it just kind of took the town over. So when I was, uh, this would have been like 95 or 96 when I was a kid, we were in the Mallard's team store, and my dad says, there's one of the players. His name was Stas Takash. He's a a, a, a Russian import. He's a dentist in North Carolina now, oddly enough. It's a good <laughs> career to go into if you're in hockey first. I guess you see a lot. But I walk over with this jersey that we probably haven't even purchased yet. I probably paid for it with his autograph on it, and he signed it. And you fast forward about a year, my family and I went on the road with the team. There were a lot of these teams in Michigan. So we went there. And we found out what hotel the team was going to stay in. So after the game, the team rolls in and they stop. I mean, most of them, if not all of them, stopped for my sister and I, and they just signed that jersey up so it was full. So pretty much from that point on, like I was, I was hooked on, on getting autographs. It was fun. It was a great way to remember uh, players and the memories from the games, especially now that I'm a little bit older. Kind of looking back, I, I still remember those moments. I still remember that team. I remember how fun it was to just go to these hockey games with my family that you'll you know never see on, on websites that are tracked or anything because it was just minor league. But that's that's where it was all born. And uh, it, 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 it's exploded into something else. Uh, give or take, how many autographed baseballs do you have in your basement right now? Right now... Uh, after the weekend uh, in St. Louis, I was just at, and then uh, we're going to get a few more at Twins Fest here uh, coming up, I think. I would say I'm about 275, somewhere in that ballpark. Man, and all, and it's, it's not just uh, these minor league guys you're talking about with minor league hockey. You have, you have Hall of Fame autographs, uh, some of the all-time greats in your basement right now. Yeah, we have we have definitely stepped up. And the thing that really got me into it, you know, once you actually move to a place like Minneapolis, where there is a professional team and there's, you know, people around and, you know, actual city environment, um, you get more opportunities, kind of hits you at the right part in life where you've been working for a few years out of college. Um, But the 2014 All-Star Game uh, is what really kind of uh, shot this you could call it an obsession, I guess. Uh, obsession collection depends on the day. Um, it really kind of shot it forward. They had a fan fest where all of these athletes would show up, and for the most part, everything there was free if you could, you know, stand to wait in line. So uh, that that kind of brought on a whole new uh, a whole new deal. So got to meet Tony Larusa there. Got to meet Tony Oliva there. Uh, got to meet a lot of the you know great twins and some of the Hall of Famers, uh, Fergie Jenkins, known with the Cubs, uh, Raleigh Fingers, Brewers, and A's. You know all these guys that showed up, and it's like oh, it's pretty cool when they put Hall of Fame on the ball. So uh, it's 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 been a whole lot of fun, and it's a great way, like I said before, to to just kind of remember these events and remember having fun with my friends, which you know I always prefer to go to these things with people and. 
uh, especially I, I've got two daughters now. My oldest is five years old, and she started to go to these things with me. It just kind of uh, really makes it special. What are some of the, the more unique items you have in your collection downstairs? Oh, man. Um, as far as unique goes, uh, I've, got, I've got two players that I really collect. Um, one is uh, Alexander Steen. He plays for the St. Louis Blues. He's real close to a thousand career NHL games. Uh, started with the Maple Leafs and then has, you know, been with the Blues for about 12 years now. Um, and then Kyle Gibson, uh, former Minnesota Twins, just signed with the Texas Rangers this off season. Um, and so, from the Gibson standpoint, you're always kind of on the lookout for certain things. So, uh, I have his minor league uh, New Britain Rock Hats game used hat that he had signed from 2010. Um, couple other game-used hats of his. Uh, I've got a game jersey of his and a team-issued jersey from Memorial Day, I think in 2018, 2017, one of those years. So it's kind of a special edition game jersey. Uh, I just got a pair of his cleats, actually. Um, I I won an auction where, uh, and again, if, if, if any of you, you know, if you've ever met Kyle Gibson, uh, he's He's a hilarious. He he he's going to be missed in the clubhouse and really in the community here in Minnesota. If if you're not going to miss him on the pitcher's mound, but um, he does so many good causes. He's uh, lined up with a, a great organization that uh, Adam Wainwright actually started, the uh, Cardinals pitcher called Big League Impact, um, and they do a lot of great things. I know that they were building schools and getting fresh water in Haiti, and uh, they just kind of go where the need is. It kind of started as a celebrity fantasy football league and really boomed from there. And Kyle Gibson really grabbed the torch and he does a lot of these things and uh, these cleats and assigned Texas Rangers hat actually, which is pretty unique now um, Hmm. was, was in this auction to help benefit this uh, family in Missouri. He, he went to college at, uh, at university of Missouri. So, um, but just this family that, uh, had had lost their husband, and you know that's that's the cool stuff where you can add to your collection and know that the money is 100% going to to a to a, a worthy cause like that. So I've got a pair of his uh, game used sign cleats with you know old grass and dirt still stuck in it, which uh, you know it's kind of interesting in that way. But uh, yeah, so I mean I've got a lot of things. Um, you know, that he's used a uh, game used glove of his that I got at another charity auction that he was putting on. Um, from my Steen collection, I've got a couple sticks. I've got a couple game used jerseys. I've got a helmet. I've got his skates from his rookie year, his gloves. My wife and I were actually just talking last night. Yes, I have a wife. It's shocking in this story, probably <laughs> if nothing else, but uh, it does stay in my basement, but it's not my mom's basement. It's my wife and I's basement. So I guess that's a step up, but uh, she was saying, what would you do if, if, if Alexander Steen actually came into this house, I'd be like, oh my gosh, it would be so embarrassing. A, I could, <laughs> I, I could dress him, you know, we could yep. go skate together. He'd have everything he needs, his gloves, his stick, his, his, his skates. Uh, he'd, he'd just have to bring his own pants. I think that's the one thing I don't do. I don't do game use pants. That's kind of weird. That I, yeah, see, yeah. I was just, uh, at the Cardinals authentic spot here this last weekend. And you could get Marcelo Zuna's dirty slid in pants for $60. I was like, Ugh, I don't, uh. <laughs> there's a line here. Maybe if you're trying to, you know, you already have the Jersey and you just want to make like sort of a complete thing, but yep. 
had pants. Uh, e- even shoes are a little bit weird for me. Uh, you know, you don't want that smell coming out of that room, I guess. But so yeah, so those are some of the fun things. Um, from when I was a kid, I have Pavel Dimitra's uh, name that might be familiar to Wild fans. Um, a a broken stick. I was at a hockey camp as a kid where it happened that the Blues video coach. Um, I think he's a Los Angeles Kings assistant coach now, Jamie Compen. Uh Jets, actually. He's, he's now with Winnipeg. Uh, so you can see him on the bench every now and then when uh, when the Wild play the Jets. But he he was an instructor. He was the Blues video coach at the time, and he found out I was a Blues fan outside the St. Louis area. And he told my dad and I, you know, this is when I was about 10 years old, anytime you're in St. Louis, just come down to come down to the – to the Keel Center is what it was back then, the same building as the Enterprise Center now, but come down and just ask for me at the desk and we'll give you a look around. Now that I'm older, I don't know if he actually meant it because we actually did it. We showed up one day. <laughs> uh, this was October 26, 2000. The only reason I know that is because I've got a puck with that date written on it. Um, that Valeri Bure uh, shot into the stands, who is married to Candace Cameron from Full House. You're learning all sorts of things today. <laughs> um, but so we show up, and the lady at the desk is like, oh, my gosh, who are these goobers? Uh, but she she calls Jamie Compton, and he probably had to say who, who a few times. I am actually still remember this as a 10-year-old, kind of that uncomfortable, like, waiting in the lobby thing. But sure enough, Jamie Compton comes out, and he does remember us, or at least he's a good actor. He let us in, so that must have jogged his memory. And I got a tour of the Blues locker room, but also we got to go to the morning skate of the Calgary Flames and the St. Louis Blues for that game, which is not open to the public. It's a, it's a private team thing. So first of all, Mike Vernon, uh, Conn Smythe winner, Stanley Cup winner with the Flames and the Red Wings, he was back for a second tour of duty with the Flames, and he breaks his goalie stick clean in half. So I have what looks like a boat oar of a Mike Vernon stick. But then when the Blues hit the ice, Pavel Dimitra, who was you know, really one of their best players in franchise history, if you kind of look at you know, goals, if, if, if nothing else, but he ends up breaking his stick, and he brings it over, uh, to the bench area where I'm just kind of standing by the railing and he points up to the, to the team, you know, trainer, you know, equipment manager and says, tape it up and give it to the kid. And so I still have that. That was something I had that was, you know, before I started paying for things, any of that, just, just a real cool memory. And I remember looking at Roman Turek's mask. He had these kind of like scary images on it and just seeing that up close. That was really awesome. So that's, that's kind of another rare one that has some, some fun stories behind it. But I mean, there's, there's all sorts of, all sorts of interesting things in there. My, my latest pickup is uh, Cardinals all-star Paul DeYoung's uh, helmet from last year, his, his batting helmet. That's, was used in the postseason, but really, from what I can tell, used for the whole season. MLB has a great authentication program that tracks all these things. So you go online, everything that these guys, you know, throw back into the dugout, they put this sticker on it. And, you know, one of the other cool things I got was a game-used hit ball by Yadier Molina, his 1,941st career hit. 
and you know exactly who was pitching, who was on base, how many pitches were thrown, uh, what the launch angle was on the on the hit. I mean, you know everything. MLB tracks this stuff. They're leaps and bounds above any of the other leagues and their authentication process. So there's just a lot of cool things that, you know, I'm hiding in an address that I won't share with you on air so people don't break <laughs> in. But a lot, of, lot, a lot of fun stuff. And, of course, Twins Fest coming up this weekend. You'll be at Twins Fest too, right? Yeah. This is my Super Bowl week, and it has nothing to do with the actual Super Bowl that we're coming up to. We got winter warm-up, which is the Cardinals event that's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then always the weekend after that, we got Friday, Saturday. They cut Sunday this year. I'm a little bit afraid of the zoo that Saturday is going to be, but we got Friday, Saturday coming up. Um, I've been bringing my daughter to that now. I'm going to bring her this next year. She loves Byron Buxton. He's not going to be there. I've already told her about that. Um, but she's going to see Max Kepler. She wants to see Eddie Rosario. I'm going to drag her to see Johan Santana. That's the guy I'm excited for. He's back for the first time this year since at least I was out here, since he was a member of the Twins. So uh, that's, that's going to be pretty exciting. But, yeah, we just like to, to, to roam around. And, you know, I didn't know if she was going to be into this stuff or not, but I've got her turned into a, a Blues and Cardinals and Twins fan. So it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Luke, thank you so much for your time. Uh, maybe we'll see you at Twins Fest this weekend. You bet. I'd love to see you all there.